Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big thanks to our sponsor, 16 Degrees Coaching. Do you feel stuck in your current job? Do you wish you had a career you loved? James, from 16 Degrees Coaching, specialises in working with people like you. He'll help you find clarity in what you want to do next, even when you have no idea yourself, and confidence to move forwards. To see the success James has had in helping others with their careers, and to find out what he can do for you, visit his website, 16degreescoaching.co.uk to book a free consultation or follow the link on ours. Hello, I'm Claire Mutimer and welcome to this, our very first episode of The Backstory. If you haven't already, do listen to our trailer piece to find out what we're all about. Every other Tuesday over the next few months, Susie and I will bring you stories from people who could be your neighbour or the bloke at the bus stop. So what is a backstory? Well, we believe it's something that's already happened, something that's shaped your life in some way, maybe changed you a little bit. We've all got one. In fact, we've probably all got quite a few. Have a listen, see what you think and let us know. Perhaps tell us your backstory and be in a future episode. Details of how to get in touch at the end of this one. This week, Susie met with John and Jan. John and Jan's daughter, Andrea, was killed by her husband, Keith, in 2012. Keith had been the mayor of the local town and a well-known figure in the community. We've not included any gratuitous details, but heads up that this is an upsetting story. Stick with us, though. John and Jan want their story to be heard. It will not stop. At the time, you might think that was it. It's a one-off but it will continue. This isn't how people should treat one another. I want to tell you about a crime of domestic abuse, the killing of Andrea Johnson by her husband, Keith, that happened near to where Claire and I live, in Cromer, a seaside town in beautiful North Norfolk, an area known for its big skies. Like any domestic killing, this was a dreadful tragedy. But there was something about this crime, or more specifically, the explanation for it, that really didn't sit well with me. As the days went by and I read more coverage in the local press, I became increasingly uneasy with the explanations being offered for the killing. I'll try to explain why as we go along, but for now I want to get on with telling you what happened. Today we're talking to Andrea's parents, 
John and Jan. On the 2nd of October, 2012, John and Jan were driving back from picking up their granddaughter. We were passing along Felbrig, the Felbrig Road, and and it was lunchtime, and we said, shall we go and see Auntie Andy, you know? And uh, then we said, well, no, they're usually down at the cottage, because that was their, um, the, the, where they belonged to, and they used to always go there lunchtime Saturday, um, Sunday, and um, we said, no, we better not bother them. So we came home. Unbeknownst to John and Jan, Andrea had left Keith the day before. Having spent the night with a friend, Andrea was returning to the house, under the impression that she and Keith were going to talk, perhaps to try to sort things out. He texted her, come home, let's talk about, you know, see what we can do. Just come home, we'll sit down, we'll talk about it. But Keith had no intention of talking things through. So when she came home at the arranged time at two o'clock, he was standing in the kitchen with the right the uh, shotgun. She walked in, saw him, run out. She started phoning the police. Well, she's on the phone to the police as she ran round to the neighbour's front garden. He chased her and just killed her there and then. Having killed Andrea, Keith turned the gun on himself. My brother, who lives his family, at, um, not his family, at Cromer, he rang and he said, have you seen the news? He said, uh, about the shooting. And, uh, of course, it was Andrew and Keith. 6.30pm. And we rang their friends up, who were very close to, and they said, we can't talk, the police are here, can't talk, I've got to put the phone down, which we did. A few minutes later, you tried again, didn't you? And the policeman answered. No, you put the phone down. Somebody, somebody will come to see you. 7pm. 7.30. And at that mm. stage, oh. what did you know? What were you thinking? Well, we'd, we were expecting the worst then because when I got in touch with uh, their best friends in Cromer and the police answered it and they said, Put your phone down, we'll get back in touch with you. And I just say, well, is our daughter dead? It was gone eight o'clock at night before somebody mm. came, wasn't it, to tell us. And it was just hell. Those few hours was, was hell. At around 8pm, the police turned up at John and Jan's front door, bringing them the news that they already knew that their daughter had been killed. And what were the police able to tell you at that early stage? Originally they said it's an argument gone wrong. Um, they only knew what, obviously, the, the crime scene was telling them. They said that, try to explain that there's a delay because obviously there's a firearms involved. Andrew was out the front of the bungalow, around the neighbours, out the front of the neighbours. Uh, he chased her around to the, the house next door and killed her there, and killed himself on their patio at the back of their garden. So the police were reluctant to go in to start with because there's a, a shooting. They didn't know if it was a random shooting out the front. Then by the time the firearm uh, team get there, they then get in around the back, 
Keith had uh, an aluminium ladder against uh, the the tree hedging at the back, which is probably about eight foot tall, and the, the ladder was leaning against it. So when the police saw that, they thought that was an escape route for you know, uh, a murderer or whatever. Then they found Keith, and once they found Keith and the situation was where he'd killed himself, they then weren't looking for anybody else. So this all takes time, doesn't it? Because it's husband and wife, they just assume, if it's that, their normal procedures, it's an argument gone wrong. An argument gone wrong. Okay, I really do struggle with that phrase. It implies that it's accidental, something that started as one thing but got out of hand. But for John and Jan, it was the first explanation that they were given for what had happened. John and Jan had suffered the most horrendous loss. Yet they were still thinking of others. They didn't rush to blame Keith, but saw his actions as a moment of madness. There was no reason to think any otherwise. You know. And we, we both said, we, you know, we couldn't understand it. That's not like Keith to do this and do that. Um, so, you know, we, we just said, like we say, we think it was a moment of madness, something, just an argument gone wrong. John and Jan made the decision to bury Andrea with Keith. And so we, we all agreed that it's the best thing, we'll have them buried together, and, uh, yeah. which upset some people. It's always killed her anyway, but that wasn't the point. You know, as far as we're concerned, they were married, an argument gone wrong, and why should we split them up? That, yes. uh, so that's why we went down that road. Yeah. That happened on the Sunday, on the Monday night. I saw Andrea, because I have seen before um, people who have died. I saw her all dressed in white, absolutely beautiful. I woke John to tell him, but obviously he couldn't see her. And then the following night, it's Andrea and Keith, and they were dancing together, and there was crowds of people all happy. I thought they want, still want to be together. Again, we had no cause not to bury them together because, mm. yeah, it's no more than them. Well, I don't think it's wrong. If they were killed in a road accident together, mm. you'd have them buried together. Mm. All right, you know, the family were a bit upset because, say, he'd killed her, but you know, they didn't deserve to be split up. You know. Some people were surprised, shocked even, at John and Jan's decision to bury Andrea with Keith. Whatever you think, it seems to me to show the nature of these people. John and Jan are kind. And remember, Keith had been a regular part of their lives for many years, and it seemed to them that their daughter had been happy with him. The joint funeral took place in the church where Keith and Andrea had been married eight years previously. The church was packed. And so... There was all the football league people who were there. There's three lodges he was due, all the councils. He was the mayor. People that, uh, groups of people who he'd entertain at the Acroma Festival, they were all there, and all Andrew's people. And, you know. So, as I say, the church was full. And uh, afterwards, people came to us we hadn't seen for years, and we thought how wonderful that they came and supported, supported us. John and Jan had lost their daughter, but still somehow they found it within themselves to forgive Keith for killing her. Seeing his behaviour as an aberration, that phrase again, a moment of madness, 
that didn't detract from the love they'd had for each other. As far as they were concerned, Andrea and Keith had a good relationship. Friends, work, a busy social life, holidays. John and Jan got on well with Keith and life for their daughter looked good. And did you know much about their sort of daily routines? Were they were they members of clubs together? Did they socialise much together? Uh, yeah, that's... He's, well, I'll say he's flamboyant. And she fitted in with that because she, she loved that sort of stuff. And then obviously when they got to living together and he got into being the mayor, that's who it did down to the ground. That's a... she, she just loved um, the, the, in the end, going out, um, the dressing up and meeting people. She loved people. Bubbly, very bubbly character. So at the carnival, did she... As the mayor's wife, did she have a role in in the procession of some sort? Was mm. yes, yes. I always remember in the car, wasn't it? Um, the car always led the procession, didn't it? So, mm. uh, and they'd either be sat on the back of it, like you know, the open style car or mm. big limos, mm. and she'd sort of show us the dresses she'd got, bef- you know, what she'd uh, been and got for the the mm. fates and all that sort of stuff, mm. in it. Yes, and everybody knew him. Everybody knew Keith. He knew everybody. Is a good son-in-law. That's like, we, we had no no reason. You, you'd leave them and you'd come home and you'd have no reason to think, hello, that didn't look right, didn't feel right. There was nothing whatsoever, was there? So, uh, yeah. no, we, I mean, we went to social occasions with them, didn't we? They invited yeah. us because um, he was in the Masonic Lodge and we went to a number of those occasions. Because yeah. um, he'd be on the top table, wouldn't he? So, yeah. mm. And we'd be on the top table with him as, as the parents of Andrea. So nothing whatsoever to suspect. In the weeks leading up to Andrea's murder, she seemed a little depressed. She'd been injured after what she said was a rising accident, and she suffered from depression anyway from time to time. Mm. Can you think back to to the days and weeks before Andrea was killed? Can you was there anything unusual going on around that time? Well, she had been suffering from depression. She always wanted to ride a horse and she learnt to ride a horse early on in their relationship. And One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
and um, apparently had a fall. I say apparently because that's what we were told. She'd had a fall and she did damage her back severely. She had um, screws and lots of metalwork all in her back. So she became quite depressed after that, didn't she? That the last the last few weeks she wasn't very good. She wasn't very good then. Even the last day we saw her. But you know, uh, we just took it that was Andrea. Um, had no other reason to worry um, about a situation or anything. Um, no. So when you say that she wasn't too good, what do you mean by that? Did she just? She seemed down or upset or... Yeah, down, yes, um, down. Um, but um, not for us to have any reason to worry um, because depression is, is like that. You have your ups and downs. There isn't necessarily a, a fixed cause, is there? How about Keith? Did you know anything? Was there any indication that he was... Um, struggling with his mental health in any way? No, no, because after the horse accident, uh, so he bought her the gun because she she joined a local clay pigeon shooting club. So he bought the gun, and we know that was all locked up. He got the safe in his office at home. Uh, the keys, he said, he can't tell us. You know, only Andrew had the keys. He he didn't have any whatsoever. And he used to joke, I don't know what to do with the gun anyway. And. Say in the last weeks, I suppose, when she's down a bit, we're up there one day. He used to do a lot of meetings. He was always away from home on meetings and what have you. He couldn't get a mobile phone signal, so he went out of his way to go to the, the local hotel, I think. You know, Andrew said, oh, it's Keith. He was going out of his way. He's phoned up, just to make sure I'm all right. So he, when we come home, you think, well, you know, again, there's nothing to make you think. There's something going wrong in the marriage that way, you know. So, you know, you just think, well... He's looking after it, so, yeah, he's still, you know, the love is still there, isn't it? Okay, heads up. I met Andrea a couple of times. I didn't know her at all, but she worked in a local shop and she seemed really lovely. As soon as I saw the coverage, I knew who she was and I felt genuinely saddened by her death. Perhaps because of this tenuous connection or perhaps because I had a feeling that things like this don't happen out of the blue. The coverage of the case really bothered me. Everything I read seemed to focus on Keith and what a decent guy he'd been. I felt that Andrea was mentioned in a secondary way and in less glowing terms, sometimes reduced to a slightly ditzy blonde. But, hey, according to the coverage, that was that. A moment of madness, resulting in a terrible tragedy. A popular couple leaving behind grieving families and many friends. And then the diaries were found. We never knew. Um, uh, We'd never seen them there, but she obviously wrote every day in her diary, and thank God she did. The police always said that the parents were always the last to find out. Rather than this being a moment of madness, an aberration, Andrea's murder was the culmination of years of abuse. The diaries revealed what she had kept hidden in life, the real story of her relationship with Keith, 
and the abuse to which she'd been subjected for years. Here are some excerpts from Andrea's diaries, read by Claire. July 2002. Still sending me round the bend with mental games. March 2003. Keeps having Paddy about nothing. He's driving me insane. I don't deserve it. If it wasn't for the finance and the cats, I would have gone by now. March 2004. He doesn't seem bothered he's hurting me. Said I either like it or lump it. He ain't going to change. April 2009. Knocked me to the ground. Bruised back. February 2011. He seems to have gone mad. Swearing and cursing like I've never heard. I'm frightened. Keith had abused Andrea for years. And there was a pattern. The holidays, the cars, all those trappings of a good life were actually part of Keith's mechanism for keeping Andrea. Every occasion when he'd ill-treated her, um, physically and mentally, there was always afterwards um, a gift, a present of some sort. Again, from what we saw, the cruisers, the port, he bought a Porsche car, but when you read the diaries, that was all after instance. The representative from the Home Office told John and Jan that Andrea had previously called the police twice. The Home Office, they asked for um, the diaries to be checked over and it was the lady who did that and she said to us when she came to see us, she said, I'm afraid you're going to be very upset Um, because like I said at the beginning, I thought it was just a moment of madness that had a row and that's what happened. But she said it wasn't. And, um, I mean, she called the police twice, had the police out to to him twice, which we didn't know about either until then. Um, I mean, whenever she was, was, whenever she was poorly, she never went to the doctors on her own. He went with her. Um, Mm. So I don't suppose everything came out, you know? Don't know. He knocked her around so much she thought she would lose her hearing. With the information from the diaries and the messages on Andrea's phone, this is what we know actually happened. She told him she's going to leave him, that was it. So on the Sunday, well, from Saturday or Sunday, so it was premeditated, he'd got it all arranged, he got the gun out, he'd loaded it and he got a pocket full of shells, so he knew he was going to kill X number of people, he wasn't bothered who he was going to kill. Yeah, because she'd stayed. She'd been when we dropped off yeah. on the Thursday. We dropped off on the Thursday, and apparently, she'd told friends there that she needed somewhere to stay. And on the, they were trying to sort things out for her as a number of people. And um, a friend came forward on the Saturday, and she stayed overnight. And apparently, she was texting Keith. The messages are on her phone saying, yeah, "I'll come and see you, but I'll come to see you to sort things out." You won't hurt me, will you? And each one came back, no, I won't hurt you. Keith had made all of his preparations before Andrea turned up, even down to thinking about what would happen to their dog, Alfred. Because he'd he'd laid all the wills out, he'd written a note uh, to his, the family, I'm sorry. He'd phoned uh, their, their best friends up. 
I don't know, if it, I don't know the exact words of that. We phoned him up, said, come and get Alfred. I'm sorry for what I've done. And then went out the back and, uh, which, which, I don't know if I should say this, I love it. He blew his head off, which I, I think is great for him. So, so actually, he laid all of the paperwork out. So from that, it, it looks like there was no intention no. to talk, that no. it was, it was planned. Yes, I mean, I think she went back to collect her possessions and uh, she, she'd ran round to a neighbour, the good friends, and she, when she heard... The, when, when she heard, the sh she ran round there, but before she could get to the door, she heard a shot and thought it was a car backfiring. And of course, she she found Andrea, and she got she died in Andrea's died in her arms. Should we take a break for a moment? Mm. Yeah, if you want yeah. thank you. So, why didn't she leave? It's a question that comes up again and again. And he said, "Well, you won't get any money." And what are you going to do about the cats? Because she'd put all her money into their property. And if Andrew hadn't got money, she was very worried. Remember, too, that Keith had been mayor and leader of the district council. He was larger than life, a man with connections. But Keith was in the background telling the police, I know your boss, I know your chief, yeah, I know your name, I'll see this, that and the other. You know, I'm the mayor. You can't. You won't get away with this whole that and the others, which was you know him really. But uh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Can, you can just imagine him yeah. saying to her, knowing who I am, who's going to believe you? It was reported that people found it unthinkable that Andrea was being abused. Why do you think this was? Well, in any case, who would expect the other partner to be you know, abusing the? The, the other partner. Uh, it's the last thing on your mind that you'd think. It's uh, even, well, yeah, I, I don't know, it's hard to say now, isn't it? It's, uh, you just wouldn't expect it. No, I mean, it was afterwards when friends, colleagues said they'd noticed bruising on her arms and such, but she always wore long sleeves then. She would cover up and wouldn't say, um, but they knew something was, they knew something was going on. Um, but uh, obviously she didn't want them to say, so it didn't go any further, you know. That's as much as we know, isn't it, really? Keith and Andrea are still buried together. And what are those diaries? I've only managed to start reading her diaries, but I found it too upsetting. I think one day I will sit and read them properly. Um, but... Uh, yeah. Why did you choose to do this interview? If, if one person benefits by this, they mustn't think that there isn't anybody there to help them because there are people there to help them. They don't have to suffer like this. It's not a normal behaviour. It's not normal. It's still going on and hopefully, you say, but people say, you know, if they're in love, they're married, they think, oh, well, he'll, he apologises or she apologises because it happens to men as well. Mm. Uh, once they apologise, they're all back to you know, sweet lovey and uh, don't think it'll happen again until the next time. Our friend who's an ex-policeman, uh, say he's been to quite a few of the cases where it's domestic abuse and the partner has killed the other partner. And he says that's how it ends. Once they come out and say they're leaving, 
then that's when they kill them because the other partner just doesn't you know can't take it or whatever so if anybody has got the courage to speak out and leave mm. go straight to one of these you know the police or the refugees or whatever mm. whatever's there to so hopefully after now after four years and see it's still going on if as john said if it mm. prevents one mm. then you think oh, yeah, something's come out of it. Yeah. Mm. Lovely, loving. She was beautiful on the inside as well as the outside. And we'll always remember that. There's really good information out there. We've included links on our website, thebackstorypodcast.co.uk. Thank you to John and Jan. Join us on Tuesday the 26th of September for episode two of The Backstory. We'll hear from Harvey, aged 11, talking about how things were for him when he found out his dad was going to prison. We're The Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at The Backstory Pod on Twitter. If you haven't already, then do subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you've enjoyed listening, then please leave a review and tell your friends. We're looking to build our listenership from an intimate view. Thanks again to our sponsor, James, from 16 Degrees Coaching. Don't let your backstory define your future. Email him, james at 16degreescoaching.co.uk.